The views and opinions on this show do not necessarily reflect the views of ESPN Tucson 1490 and 104.9 FM or the Arizona Lotus Corporation. Got car trouble? Now's the time to talk with Jerry on the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show. Call in now at 719-1490. Well, if you're one of the millions who own one of them gas-drinking, pissing, clanking, air-polluting, smoke-belching, four-wheeled buggies from Detroit City, then pay attention. I'm about to sing your song, son. All right, welcome back to the second hour of the Simmons Car Care Show. I'm Jerry Simmons, your host, along with me, riding shotgun, Jim Mooney, Frontier Towing for all your towing needs. And we're talking shop. Now, in case you missed the first hour, uh, there is a recall on 120,000 Chevy Volts. Uh, the seat belts and the carpet could catch on fire during an accident. Uh, models affected 2019 to 2023. So if you have a Chevy Volt, just call the dealer or call National Highway Transportation Safety Authority or Google them and with your VIN number, and you can find out if your vehicle is in this recall. So as we discussed the first hour, and Jim had a good one. He's actually seen this firsthand about how the seatbelts actually work. And uh, it's something that you don't want to mess with, especially if it's going to take a fire. And uh, anything that has fire in the, in the recall, you get it taken care of, because that that is a that can mess up a whole bunch of stuff. And we discussed how to change a flat tire, and it took a while too. Uh, but if you were listening you now know that it's not as simple as just getting out of the car, getting a lug wrench, slapping a jack on the side of it, and change the tire. There's a lot of little stuff that can go wrong while you're doing it. And so hopefully, you know, we we give you some information to put in your little computer up there, and you'll have it. Now, the weather in Tucson is gorgeous. The weather across the country stinks. I mean, it, it's, it'll get better. You know, it, uh, it's kind of like Tucson. If you don't like the weather today, stick around. We'll have it different tomorrow. But so we're fortunate we don't have it. My heart goes out to the people that are in that mess. Oh, I, I just, oh, you're talking about battery failures. Um, and then I look at uh, the cold weather and the people going to be cranking up their furnaces and stuff. It's going to be expensive to get through this. You know, hopefully they have enough electricity coming in to where the power lines or the road crews out there are the real heroes right now because those guys have got their hands full. I had a buddy in high school that used to make his living as a diesel mechanic road crew in North Carolina 
he was he would go in the snow, the sleet, and everything to keep the power trucks running while they were out working. He would be working on them at the site when they're actually working on the poles and stuff. So, oh, that, that makes chills run up my spine just to think about it. Now, the first first segment of the show, we covered just a little bit of everything. Like I said, we're going to have some fun with it today, but we've got a bunch of information that we can pass along. Uh, now, everybody, if you haven't gone on your trip today, you're going to be going. We know that. We know it. We've been prepping for this thing for about three weeks now, trying to get everybody all set up to get a thought process for the listeners to make sure that you get everything in line. In other words, your preparation is proper. Uh, first aid kits, this emergency road kit. Now, I sat down and I told myself, self, what do you carry when you're out to keep yourself healthy and safe while you're out traveling? One, you want a first aid kit. Then you want a ground flags for traffic. Ground flags for traffic, meaning uh, also your flashing lights have got to work. Your ground flags, you get all sorts of ground flags. You can get the little blinkers, and Jim will fill you in on this as he chimes in. Uh, and then you want flashlights. You want two flashlights. Because if your flashlights like mine are, one of them you'll use all the time, and it'll be it'll go dead when you're trying to use it, and then you think, oh crap! And I carry extra flashlight batteries, but I don't expect you to. So carry two sources of lights. Turn them on before you put them in the little box. Make sure that you do have light, and then if one goes dead, maybe the other one will bail you out. Floor mats make good knee guards for the ground. Floor mats. If you don't have a little mat that you throw in or a blanket, like Jim was talking about earlier in the show, uh, use your floor mats. Extra water for the trip, okay? The trip's going to go fine. Uh, I've got just exactly the amount of water to last me for uh, a day, okay? Even in search and rescue people, we carry 24 hours of water. 24 hours of water. So you figure out what your family's going to need for 24 hours, and you put that extra weight in there. Is your fuel economy going to suffer? Yep, probably by the time you get through fixing this list up I'm giving you. Cold weather. All people on trips, if cold weather, take gloves. Get gloves. And that'll keep you out of trouble for changing tires. It'll keep your hands warm. Uh, So get your gloves. Take a small fire extinguisher, a small fire extinguisher. If you're going to be traveling, get you a good, small fire extinguisher and read the instructions when you get it and know how to use it in case you need it. If you don't read it, you'll have to stop and read it, and you won't have time to stop and read it. You won't understand why you forgot to take the little pen out before you squeeze the trigger and nothing's happening. Read the instructions on the small fire extinguisher. Write down and keep emergency numbers. Need them all. 
Put them on one piece of paper, then you don't have to go into that dash full of all, all of the other paper to find it. Write it down on one sheet. You want your insurance? You want your nine one ones are given, okay? But write it down anyway. Nine one one. You want your insurance papers in there? Insurance number, policy number, and your agent's number. State Farm, Farmers, Allstate, whoever you've got, AAA, I don't care, whoever you've got, make sure you got that number written down. Write the number of a tow company down. I can help you with that in 748-1100, 520 is the front. Back in the uh, east and the Midwest that are listening to this show, write this stuff down so that you'll have it. And pay attention to the road signs, the location, location, location. Jim can't find you if he don't know where you're at. You can say, I'm on I-10. Uh, you need to check the map. You'll find it I-10. It runs through Tucson and just keeps on going and going and going and going and going. So you need to pay attention to your, your road signs. You need to be able, if you have an emergency, to say, okay, I'm between sign 235 and 236, and then they can find you. Tell people about your destinations. You know, call the people that you're going to go see and say, okay, I'm going to be leaving here. It's going to take about seven hours. I'm coming up. Uh, I'm coming up I-10, and then I'm going to switch over to Interstate 8, and I'm going to go follow it on into California. Give them an approximate time within about an hour. Because you may have to stop and grab something to eat, go to the restroom, gas up, stuff like that. So allow for the time you're going to be down. Uh, you can Google it, and it'll give you a proper uh, uh, about the time that you're going to be going. Pay attention to all road signs. Be a full-time driver when you're out there, or you're going to drive past your exit, and then it's going to take you 20 miles to turn around and come back. Um you take a rags or towels for cleanup in the car when there's an accident. Somebody spills something, you need paper towels or a towel, something to actually clean that up. Whatever you do, do not overlook Mother Nature. They can change. It will change. You just don't know when it's going to change. It may be beautiful in Tucson. By the time you get to Flagstaff, it's raining and snowing. Be aware of that. You want a small tool kit. A small tool kit, you can buy them at any of these stores. It's just a small emergency tool kit. It'll give you a pair of pliers and stuff like that. Also, take a spare quart of engine oil and transmission fluid, just in case. Transmission oil. If you've got an oil burner, know how many miles you're going to travel before you got to put a quart of oil in. You may have to take three or four quarts in order to complete the trip. But at least you'll have it with you when you pull into a service station and they say, oh, we just sell gas. We don't have any motor oil here. Makes you throw up. So, and also, I this is optional. You can do it or you cannot do it. Serpentine belt. If you've got a spare serpentine belt, you may not have a clue how to change one. But if you don't have it, 
then how am I going to come in and help you change your serpentine belt? If I stop to help you out, how am I going to change your serpentine belt when you don't have one? Then that's the reason you go in your dash, you pull out your little list of emergency numbers, and you call a tow service to come and get your butt out of trouble. And a roll of good black tape, good black tape, and wire uh, wire ties. I, I like wire ties, too. But at the time when we first started making road kits, we didn't have these big fancy wire ties that will hold up a muffler. Of course, you, you put it on a muffler, they're made of plastic. They will break. Uh, your alternative is if you have a coat hanger in the car, you can also take a coat hanger and you can wire a muffler or exhaust pipe up and continue on your trip. That's the hillbilly way of doing it. But just remember, poor performance. There's, if, if you pre-plan it and if you proper planning prevents poor performance, proper planning prevents it. And if you're traveling and you are on medication, and you have uh, you have a heart condition or something, or your or whatever your medical needs are, write it down on a card or something, so that the emergency medical service can access this card. And you want to put things on there like I'm allergic to penicillin, uh, I'm a diabetic, and anything. All your medical history. It's, it's going to be a, just a little extra thing you have to carry in your wallet or your purse. But if you get in a, a bad crash or something like this and you have people out there and you're knocked unconscious, they need to have as much of this history. And don't give me this crap about, well, you know, you can access it by calling in and these hospitals will have it. You write it down. You keep it on you. They have it now. They don't have to wait for the line to clear before they can get access to your medical records on the things, especially the stuff that you're allergic to, but and your heart medication and your diabetic. I repeat it because it's worth repeating. If you're a diabetic, you know, they need to know things like, are you a type one? Are you a type two? Uh, are you on insulin? Do you have all your medication in the little doctor's bag, as I call it, or your emergency kit for medical? These are just some of the things that I have seen in search and rescue that are really, really critical. If you're going to be out and running, you make sure you have blankets. Have you got stuff to keep you warm in case you slow down? Do you have an adequate food supply? You can buy these little old power bars or whatever they're selling now. And you can put a, you can buy a dozen of those things and, and believe it or not, they're high enough uh, calories and stuff to keep you survive for a good 24 to, depending on how many people's in there eating them because they taste like candy. Uh, but you control it and it'll, it'll keep you at least safe and have some nutrition and you carry water with you as I said, and between the water and the power bars and the blankets uh, and your flashlights and your road flares, you should, you should be pretty safe. What would you like to add to that, Jim? 
But, gee, that's a really great list, Terry. Um, couple things. Um, on your fire extinguisher, um, I, I know that they are supposed to be good for, I think, 10 years or something. If you've been carrying around your car for a long time, three or four years or five years, I'd throw it away and buy another one. Because there ain't anything that's going to frustrate you more than try and pull a pin or push the button on a fire extinguisher and it don't work. But the gauge says it's in the green. I know. I've seen it. It don't work. And I'm now <clears throat> you're sitting there going, now what do we do? And hopefully you bought that extra water because so, you're going to throw that on the fire. So um, riding around with a fire extinguisher in a car, I, I know they say they're good, but, you know, the mobile the items in the mobile in – a, in a vehicle, you know, riding around <laughs> – has a tendency to wear faster than just sitting on the ground. So, sure, they're shaking all the time. Shaking all the time, rolling around. It's in the back there with your spare tire, wherever it's at. Throw it away. I get it. It's fifty bucks. It's, you know, for a little one. Throw it away. Buy another one. Get one. That, you know, it's 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 cheap. It's the cheapest insurance you can get. It really is. So they're they're just thing. like a mechanic or a lawyer. They're not worth a crap unless you need it and don't have it. Right. And and when you need it and you're relying on it and it's not there for you, now you got a whole new set of problems. Oh so yeah, then you have to start pulling your coveralls out and trying to smother it. <laughs> if you pour water, if you have a, a fire under the hood and you and it's you have a lot of oil and stuff on your engine because you haven't bothered cleaning it off and all this stuff starts flaming up and you pour water on it, you might as well be you might as well just save the water. You might as well drink save water. it while you watch your car burn down. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because you're not going to get it out. It, it's even tough with a with a good fire extinguisher to get an engine fire out. I mean, I've seen them. Yes, go, it is. Put two, three extinguishers on them, and without a real fire truck, they they just they just watch the car just watch the car go up in smoke. I'm not saying don't try, because everybody does. Yeah. Um, but it's. Um, you know, make sure you're safe when you're trying to do that. So, um, and then um, absolutely the phone call, the the phone call to the to the uh, to your destination, to your whoever you're going to see. The, that phone call needs to happen when you're driving out the driveway, not when you're getting ready to leave, because in inevitably you you call them up and say, okay, we're getting ready to walk out the door, and three hours later. You're walking out the door. Now yeah, they don't take know some time you... to take the sink loose. <laughs> That's right. They, they don't know that you had to do 50 other things that you forgot to do before you walked out the door. Um, right. And um, so it's it's kind of it's it's just a courtesy thing, folks. It's not about oh, I want you to know where I'm at, even though I post my, everything I do on the world on Facebook and Instagram and every other social media, but I won't call, I won't call my mother and tell her that I'm on the way. So it's just, it's a simple thing, guys. And if you're a millennial or a younger person and you think you want to be the free spirit and you don't have to tell anybody anything, I'm going to tell you from experience that when you don't do that, you can be the free spirit all by yourself on the side of the road because you, nobody will know where you're at. And that all of a sudden becomes a whole new set of problems. Hey, I had I'm all independent and this and that, and now I need somebody's help, 
And I don't have, I can't reach out to anybody because, well, I didn't tell anybody what I was doing. I didn't, I didn't express a simple amount of courtesy to, to let somebody know what was going on. I'm sitting someplace, I have no phone reception, and nobody can see me. Man, that, folks, is a really bad place to be. Because nobody knows where you're at, and nobody can find you. So the reason why we say make the phone call is because it's, it's a safety thing. It's, it's, all, it's just a simple safety thing. You know, everybody wants you to get home safe, get there safe, get home safe. You know, I want to be able to find you safe. I don't want to, Jerry doesn't want to have to go on, on mule to search and rescue you. People with Hey, with I won't have to change a tire on him. <laughs> you won't have to change a tire on him. People with a lot of experience go and and don't make it to the destination because they they forgot to do the simple things, and that's all we're talking about, folks. As far we're as we're talking about a checkup from a neck up, a checkup check from, from a neck up. Believe it or not, yep. the more experienced people have probably more power, more problems with this than the rookies because the rookies, the smart ones, will check it out and say, okay, what do I need? The experienced one, we'll just crawl in a truck. Yeah, I got everything I need and take off. I got and it. you will forget I'm good. something. I'll, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I, I'm I good. know everything. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I, I've, done, I've done this 10,000 times. I'm good. <laughs> you know, Jim, it took me over an hour to write down how to change a tire just so I can present it because I kept thinking, hmm, okay, no, that's not the sequence. And you go back through and you start it again and then you say, I know I do this all the time. I've changed a thousand tires. And, oh, but one thing that you were talking about, the lug nuts, before I forget it again, uh, on the lug nuts, when uh, lug nuts can fail, Due to old age, like we discussed the last time. And if you want to inspect a lug nut, take a flashlight, go down there, get beside of the lug nut, and shine a light down at the threads on the lug nut. If those threads are not straight up and down all the way through it, or... If they're not straight up and down, if they're pulled to the outside of the car, that means that those lug nuts were put on there, either old age, but the normal torque on these things has actually moved them out to the toward the outside. That's when you say, okay, I got this tire changed. As soon as I get back to my destination, I'm going to call my favorite shop, and I'm going to send this son of a gun in and say, I want you to inspect and replace as needed on the lug nuts on, on lugs on this wheel, and because if they don't, they start wobbling around. They will take out your center wheels on the uh, steel wheels, and you won't have that bevel that allows the lug nuts to go down and seat properly to keep that tire from wobbling as you go down the road. That's the reason. One of the reasons you need to. Do the cross torque on this. You do the cross torque. When Ford first started lightening everything up, you could put a Ford truck tire on the front. If you didn't follow the exact torque specifications that they had, that thing would vibrate and shake like a son of a gun. And you thought you had done it right, like you'd been doing them all your life. Yeah, hello. No, the metal is thinner, and they warp. You can actually warp the rim 
on the light duties if you don't torque them to specifications and proper torque and the way they're supposed to be torqued. So that's real critical. Okay, now let's go back to where we were at. So, you got anything you anyway, want to add to that one? Well, I was just going to – the last the last thing about the, the phone calls. Um, yeah. I, the, the, the reason why I talk about this, folks, is because when I, in my job, I never know where I'm going to go. So, for example, a guy goes I, – I pick up a truck, and I need to take it. The guy's broke down. He needs to take it to get the shop to fix. Well, he gets it to the shop, and either they can't work on it or they don't have the tools or they don't, they're too busy. So now I'm going to Phoenix or Flagstaff or Yuma. It's not uncommon for me to drive 100 miles to tow something because that's where it's got to go to. So if you don't think that being prepared isn't important, think about how I have to do it every day. And I, nobody tells me that I'm going to go do this. I don't get this pre-advanced warning of, oh, and make all the list of all the things I get to do. I just get to go. So if I wind up in Flagstaff today because the truck needed to get there to deliver the, the stuff to Walmart so people could have their Christmas, you know, that's where I'm going. Well, I better have a coat and some gloves and some pocket warmers and a good heater because otherwise I'm in for a real rude awakening in my day. I better have some water with me. And that's how we go every single day because we have no idea where we're going to wind up. We have no idea where, what, where we're going to go with how we're going to tow things because people have all different destinations. Might be five miles across town, might be one mile, might be 200 miles. We don't know. And when, when you're on the side of the road, the closest available option might be 200 miles away. So... Um, we have to do this every day, and <laughs> just jumping in the truck without being prepared is not a good idea. That's why I say it. That's why we keep the stuff. We keep water in our trucks. We keep all the all the things that Jerry talks about in our trucks because, well, we don't know where we're going to go. So, right, we don't know if we're going to have, right. have to spend the night there. So, um, right. And the, the the last thing about driving with the with with if you're if you're just going to put your Put your GPS on and follow the directions. At least take a look and see where you think you're going before you, before you, just aimlessly follow the GPS. Because if you mistype the word and you're driving to Phoenix and it takes you to someplace else and you don't have any idea that east that you should have been going west on I-10 and you're going east on I-10. Just because the GPS said go that way, um, yeah, that can make for a really long drive. So, um, you know, do a, do a quick <laughs> overview of just, hey, I'm going to Phoenix. I I need to be looking for these towns, or I need to be going on this road. Don't just aimlessly hit the button and think that the computer can tell you where to go. Because if they don't, right. if the computer doesn't know everything that you know or has the correct directions, it's going to tell you to go to the wrong place. And last time I checked, the computers don't care where they, where they take you. They don't care. That it, it it just goes. It it doesn't. It, it crunches numbers. It doesn't care what what you do. It doesn't care about your feelings. <laughs> I know Alexa's got this cute voice. Some people say she does. But she really doesn't care where you go or what you do. 
There's no no no. Uh, no no regard for you whatsoever. And when you're stuck on the side of the road, oh well. So that's why we go by this stuff because we just want to make sure you have a good Christmas. I just want to make sure everybody has a good Christmas, yeah. and a good New Year, and and gets there safe and gets home safe and. You know, dealing with the Christmas presents is, is all on you guys. I can't help you with that. So, that's my that's well, my steel, you know, Jerry. That's excellent information, Jim. Uh, you know, it's a New Year's. New Year's is coming up, and everybody's going to make all these New Year's resolutions. And last year, my New Year's resolutions don't make any stupid resolutions because you're not going to keep them anyway. <coughs> well, this year, I made another one. Survive 2023. That's mine. Survive. You know, I'm going to do everything I possibly can to just survive it and I'm keep it. Uh, oh, by the way, I heard a, na- uh, a, a national stat statistic. Most of the heart attacks is in December caused by stress, too much running, too much booze, too much everything. In December, and the people who have a potential for heart attack have a heart attack. And December is number one month of the year for heart attacks. I thought, wow. But I understand that. I've been out in the traffic. Um, now, another thing is you've got these vehicles. You've got them. You, 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 you. Okay, the average length of it you keep your vehicles is 12.2 years 12 years all right you're driving a pickup truck the problem with the pickup trucks you need to use them as they were designed no two-ton load on a half-ton truck that's called abuse when you abuse something you're going to lose it because it will go away so make sure that if you're towing a 18,000-pound trailer and you're going to do it with a half-ton truck, you're in the wrong vehicle. I'm going to tell you that. You need to step it up. If you have a 12,000-pound trailer and these uh, Dodge, Ford, Chevys, all of them have half-ton trucks that are set up to tow uh, 12,000 pounds. Okay, good. Are you going to have – you're going to buy this vehicle – to tow this 12,000-pound trailer, are you going to keep that trailer or are you going to upgrade it? Because all of a sudden you love camping out, you love running, you love traveling, and I think I'm going to get a, a 35-footer now and tow behind it. Well, it weighs about 16,000, 17,000 pounds. What are you going to do? You're going to buy another truck at the same time? If you think that you're going to be doing the RV stuff, that truck that you're going to purchase is going to cost you anywhere from 55000 to, oh, my gosh, the new one's up to 100000 If you're going to spend that kind of money, look down the road five years. What are you going to do? You're going to be driving anything or what? But like most people, we don't know if we're going to like camping or not. You buy this big fancy trailer, you take it out, your, your half-ton truck tows it just fine. I'm happy with it. And after about two or three trips, you decide, I don't really like to go. I, 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 I really don't want, to, I don't want to go out and fight the traffic or run around the country right now. And so this trailer starts to set. The average mileage on a motorhome that is used is 7,000 miles a year. 
So are you going to tow that trailer for over 7,000 miles a year? That's something to just put up in your little computer and start figuring this stuff out before you go out and drop $60,000 on a half-ton truck. Don't abuse your vehicle, okay? And if you're abusing your vehicle, you one, you service that vehicle on severe duty, only severe duty, and... You just remember when you're towing something, you divide the miles that you're going to get on it. Just divide it by two. So actually, multiply it by two, because when you're towing, the the stress on that vehicle is double what it would be if you're just coasting along. Proper tire ratings for loads. I see Fords that have uh, half-ton trucks that are designed to carry 12,000 pounds, i.e. a 2017 F-150. Trailer weighed 12,000 pounds. We bought all the fancy stuff to hook it up with that five-and-a-half-foot pain-in-the-butt bed, and then we take it to the lakes. The truck handled the load, plenty of power, no problem whatsoever, except I could feel the wiggle in the back end. I could feel the movement in the back end, which means that the tires weren't big enough to handle that load and keep that wobble down, <clears throat> keep that movement down from the back end. So I upgraded it to a 10-ply, problem went away. You have to make sure that your tires, that the load rating on those tires is capable of handling the load that you're actually pulling. Regular fluid changes based on severe duty. Stay on top of the recommended service. Automobiles, use it as design. Average time is 12.2 with proper maintenance and use. With proper maintenance and use, you should get 12.2 years out of that thing. Killer is excessive RPMs. And towing. Yeah, you've got stuff out there. My my Odyssey's big as a dead burn suburban, but I'm not going to put a trailer on it. I'll tell you that right now. Because it's not it's a touring vehicle, not a towing vehicle. RPM, jackrabbit starts. Hey, if you want to wear out an engine, ask anybody that drives a stock car. Go ahead and run those RPMs and see what happens to it and how often you have to rebuild them. You know, we get two engines in a race season. That's, and that's not miles. That's just absolutely beating the crap out of it. So flying up to a traffic stop and signs, oh, the brakes are fine. They're fine. You know, I noticed that yesterday. People just hauled butt. They passed me, and they wasn't 100 yards from the stop sign, and they're just flying. Then they lock it down, the tail of the vehicle goes up in the air, and boy, they're on those binders, and their their anti-lock system's working like it's supposed to. Life is good, yeah, and you're warping your rotors, too. You're warping your rotors, and you're turning them blue for overheat, and that's going to come back and bite you in the wallet. Um, you just You need to slow it down. And besides, who told you that the brakes are going to work every time when you pull up to a stop sign or you come flying into a stop sign or you get in a wreck or something? You know, back in the older days where they didn't have the brake systems as fancy as they are now, we used to 
test your brakes every now and then. You just push down on the brakes, make sure. And some of them, you'd have a bad master cylinder, and you'd have to pump them a couple of times to have full brakes. And that stuff has pretty much went away. Oh, okay, they made these. They've been making brakes a long time. They should have it right. That's a bunch of crap. They don't have them all right now. Uh, you know, they're questionable. And then people make a mistake. They'll push down on the brakes and then anti-lock will start in and the traction control will kick in at the same time. And what you're doing, you'll feel a pulsation in your brake and you think, oh my gosh, my brakes are fading, my brakes are fading. And so you're going to go back and take your foot off of it and then go back to the second time. Don't. When you're pushing that pedal and that thing's got a little pulsation and you're on a hard stop, that ABS and all that system is working. Don't pump the brake. You, you're causing a reset and you're wasting valuable, valuable seconds. Keep the fluid changed so that all the fluid circulates at the time it's supposed to. Brake... Anti-lock brakes work on milliseconds. They don't work on a half a day or minutes. They work on milliseconds. And if you don't have clean fluid inside that vehicle that's servicing all those little servos and stuff in there that move that stuff around for you, if it ain't clean, it's just like anything else that's not clean. It's like pumping differential gear loop through an engine. It's not going to work. And so keep it Keep your brake fluid clean and keep the differential fluid out of the brake system. Don't mix synthetic brake fluid with standard brake fluid. Do not, under no circumstance, it will turn it to jelly. So remember that. You can write that one down. The only thing you can put synthetic fluid in it, like you guys that are restoring old cars and they're changing the entire brake system, you can use synthetic fluid, brake fluid, on a car as a virgin system. In other words, no fluid has ever touched any part of that brake system. Nothing. I'm, I'm talking lines. I'm talking everything. All your supply lines, all your wheel cylinders, nothing that's ever had regular brake fluid in it. Can you just switch it over? You say, oh, I'll flush it out. No, you can't get that stuff out. It won't come out. And will it stop? Yeah, probably about the first time. But you try it 30 days later and it would be jelly. So don't do it. Um, all right. You've got, uh, oh, another thing you want to keep in, uh, keep in mind. What happens if your brakes fail while you're driving? What are you going to do? And I used to laugh and I said, well, about to pick something cheap to hit. You know, because that, believe it or not, is an, is about the only option you're going to wind up with unless you have a plan, too. If you're driving down a road and you're driving in a left-hand lane and there's it's full of traffic, the right-hand lane is full of traffic, I mean, the center lane is full of traffic, the right lane is full of traffic, we're, what happens when somebody, 10 cars up in front of you, lock it down because they're running over somebody that they forgot to give the three-second space to. While you're driving, be very aware of where your exits are. I mean, do you have room? Can you move over in front of the other? Don't just 
turn over in front of somebody, use a dead gone signal. You know, it, yeah, it's going to be a little inconvenient. There's a lot of things to think about when you're doing an emergency stop. But what is your plan? Can I get off the road? When I'm driving down the freeway and all of a sudden somebody flips one up in the air and it rolls it down the freeway, where am I going to go? This, you need pre-planning. Stay in the view of the rear view mirrors and both side mirrors while you're driving. It's recommended that you check the mirrors at about three-minute intervals. And if you're listening to the radio, you get a song that comes on. When that song goes off, check all your mirrors to make sure you know where you're at. See if anybody's coming up behind you at 100 miles an hour. And, oh, well, the road looked clear. It was clear three minutes ago. Three minutes at 100 miles an hour. How fast do you think they're traveling? How, how long does it take to catch you? How long does it take to go by you? If you're lucky, they'll blow by you. Um, and be aware when you're traveling when a car passes me on the road, and there's a reason for this, when a car passed me on the road coming back from Blythe, California, I have a habit of watching the right front tire if they're passing me on the left. And if they pass me on the right, there ain't a whole lot I can do because I can't really see the right front tire from my location. But coming on the left-hand lane, if I'm going down the right-hand lane, which I was, and this car come by me on the left-hand lane, as he got by where I could see his left, his right front tire, that dad burn tire blew out. If I'd have had an extra coat of wax, not paint, just wax on my car, he would have taken us out. We'd have flipped it right in the middle of the freeway. On the binders on the van that I was driving, thank goodness I had good brakes. I stood on those brakes just as hard as I could stand on it. I had ABS, and I was sliding. ABS, by the way, doesn't mean you're not going to slide. It just means that it's going to try to control the slide. And it did. And this guy, I, I couldn't even see. And it was an old station wagon, and I couldn't see. his. It looked like a continuous to my hood on a van, that's how close he was to me when he went across the road and off into the desert on the right-hand side. And thank goodness it was a flat desert, so he just run off in the desert, but he liked to took me and the people riding with me with him. So pay attention to everything around you. Just because they got brand-new tires don't mean that you're not going to hit something in the road. But you've got to anticipate this stuff in order to get to where you're going and get back. So driving is a full-time job, full-time job. The most dangerous time, in my opinion, is coming back from vacation, coming back. People are going to be coming back. Um, Monday's normally a holiday after Christmas, so they're going to be coming back on Monday. should have a massive amount of traffic on the road. And people are tired if you've got a second driver in your car, don't drive any more than two hours. Get out. Change drivers. And then you sit and you be the passenger and the navigator, and you can tell them when they miss the turn off. It's, you may, make a game out of it. Don't, don't scream, oh, you got to turn right here, right here, right here, right here. No. <laughs> drive on past it and go down and make a U-turn and come back. Don't try to kill yourself to get off on an exit. 
So, yes, I've seen that, too. I've been around a long time, people. I'm actually the guy that was driving down the road and thought we had everything under control. And then all of a sudden, you're 50 foot from an exit, and she screams, you've got to take this exit. Wrong. (laughs) That's the reason I know it takes 20 miles. 10 miles there, 10 miles back. 10 miles to get the next exit. And then you got to drive back to the, that exit in order to get that exit. So, yeah. Um, all right. So, how do you keep your vehicle at minimum, minimal expense? Service. Service. As Scott from Parker Automotive, located at 5101 East Speedway. And the phone number, by the way, is 520-323-1960. 520-323-1960. They will tell you, do a little bit of maintenance all time. In other words, just take it in. The hit won't be as bad. Your wallet won't suffer as bad. And that will put a professional under the hood of your vehicle and around your vehicle, just in case you have something sneaked up on you that you didn't know about. And it just gives a professional a look under your hood, and it'll also keep your expenses down. So, and sometimes, I mean, we've got people pull in the garage, and their vehicle's so clean, they're zero. I mean, there's no problem at all, but we feel very comfortable that they're going to be making it. Also, when you're there, hopefully they'll check your tires and look at your tires and make sure you're not down to the wire bars, make sure you don't have any bubbles on the side, and that'll keep you safe and check the spare tire. So on the little cars, use them as design. Um, RPM, stay away from RPM. Jackrabbit starts, don't tow with them. Uh, fly up to traffic stops. Going to make sure that your brakes are working. Don't assume they've got to work or it's too late. You said, ah, I should have had that checked. No, you should, yeah. Hindsight's always twenty twenty, and then have a plan in case something happens to your brake or so you have a flat tire. Know where your exit can be. When you have a flat tire on a freeway, don't lock your brakes down. You can go ahead and put pressure on them and slow the vehicle down. Don't lock the brakes because it'll it'll stop the wheel from rolling. The road friction will wrap the tire around your suspension system, and then it'll start doing weird stuff. The vehicle's going to go to the side that's got the wheel locked down and nothing rolls. And it's going to be a problem, especially for pickups, because it lifts the rear end up. And you can turn around. I think David told me he turned around three times in the median when he had a flat tire on the back end. He, he, He panicked and locked everything down, and then the truck... Back end come up and no traction in the back because he had a flat tire and he was, it didn't even have nothing on the road on that side. And it turned him around three times in the median before he could get it going again. and uh, Or get it stopped, I should say. Towing trailers, same thing. Don't lock the brakes. You know, just it's going straight right now. Let's keep it going straight until you get off the road. Know where your emergency flashers are in your vehicle. Second, you feel like you got a flat tire, go ahead and hit your emergency flashers. Turn your lights on. Get everybody and the brother knowing what's going on. And let them know, I'm trying to get off the right-hand side. Turn the right turn signal on. And so 
Driving is a 100% full-time job. If you plan on getting to where you're going and getting back home safely, it is a 100% job. Don't text and drive out on the freeway at 85 miles an hour. That's dumb. What would you like to add to that, Mr. Frontier Towing? Um, just on the... I think you got everything there. Um, on the overloaded vehicle... So you, you're mm-hmm. talking about your, your towing overloaded vehicle. <clears throat> yep. You know when you when you overload it. <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> when you overload it and um, you're you think, oh well, um, I'm carrying a load that's too heavy for my truck, and I don't care if you're pulling a pulling a trailer or if you're just putting block in the back of your truck, and you're thinking, well, I'll just go get new springs or I'll put some of those air springs in my truck and jack it up, right? Well, you got to remember that Ford or Chevy or Dodge or Toyota or Nissan or whoever built the truck didn't build a half-ton truck for half-ton. That means the body, the frame, the axle, the springs, the U-bolts, the lug nuts, the studs, the brakes, the wheels, and the tires. So all those components are designed for what that truck is built for. And if you think that, oh, I can just haul the extra weight with this little truck, well, guess again. Because, well, I've towed hundreds of trucks with broken axles because it's overloaded. Literally, snap the axle right off the back. Um, Towed bunches of them because, well, they couldn't stop. Just like Jerry said, how are the brakes working? Why? Because it's overloaded. And the little tiny brakes that were for a half-ton truck couldn't stop, you know, two tons of material. Uh, frames broken in half. I know this seems crazy, but yeah, they actually do just break because, well, they're not designed to carry excessive weight for an extended period of time. If you want to do that, get a bigger truck. U-bolts. I've seen U-bolts shear. I've seen axles bust. I've seen drive lines just shred apart. U-joints come flying apart. Transmissions, of course, get burnt into oblivion. <clears throat> Cooling yep. systems over overrun. Um, bodies that are just destroyed, just physically truck bodies that are just you know, it, it looks like it's a sad face all day long because there isn't any part of it that can hold itself together because it was ran so hard. And thinking that you know I can do this all the time just means you're just going to ruin just destroy it so like jerry said right. there if you're gonna if you're gonna if you want to run if you want to tow a big and, and uh, uh, this is the one that amazes me most of all and because i see these every single day a three axle fifth wheel you know 40 feet long on the, the back of a three-quarter ton pickup truck now mm-hmm. i know what a three-quarter ton pickup truck can do but I'm going to tell you that that tail will wag the dog like nobody's business. Absolutely. (laughs) It just doesn't have enough weight to hold it down. I mean, I see guys going at 75 miles an hour, and I'm just, I I, I go the other direction. I just cringe. I mean, literally, it, 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 it cringes me when I see that because I know that all that's not going to stop. That's right. There's, it's just it's just too much. You have too much weight 
for what you're trying to move it with. Now, if you're moving in the parking lot at two miles an hour, you'd be all right. But on the freeway, a wind, a, a big wind load, or even just driving by a, a semi truck, man, you're going to feel that. You are going to feel that That's like right. nobody's business. And um, you know, when when you when that seat gets sucked up because you know because you're you're grabbing onto everything with every body part you have. Uh, yeah, it becomes a real a real scary situation. So, um, if you're gonna try Absolutely. to you know, sure you ma- match your load to your to your to your vehicle, because and, and and if you're if you're looking for a uh, tow vehicle, I'm just looking at the time here. If you're looking for a tow vehicle that can get this stuff done, uh, lensautobrokerage.com, lensautobrokerage.com, and uh, down in, uh, he has a desertrv.com also. You can find them on there. And he's still got a 360 discount till 1231 on any vehicle purchased down at Lens Auto Brokerage at 2101 North Stone. If you mention the name of Simmons, you have to mention the Simmons or the Simmons Car Care Show. And that's the Lens Auto Brokers. Um, automotive specialist, uh, Brian Fuller, Mr. Test First on Guest, 520-572-1734. And or 520-237-3852. And that'll, that'll get you Lens Auto Brokerage. Hang on a second. Let me shut this thing down. All right. Um, that's Lynn's Auto Brokerage. Uh, Merle's Auto, they got a um, machine shop service available at 15 West Ajo, 520-807-4010. They do rotors and drums and flywheels for the weekend warriors and anything else, but you might want to call them to make sure that they are open today, to my knowledge, and uh, make sure everything's all right. Uh, if you want for Merle's stores, go to merlesauto.com. And they're the big guys. They've, they've got uh, 10 stores in Tucson. They've got them scattered all around the states. Go to MerlesAuto.com for the location nearest you. Um, Parker Automotive, I mentioned them earlier, 5101 East Speedway, 520-323-1960. Parker Automotive, automotive specialists. And Simmons are equipped to handle just about anything that you have in vehicles. We work on most of it. Uh, some of the foreign cars we don't make, but we'll tell you before you waste your time. Uh, we'll let you know. And normally we have a recommendation of where you can go and get it taken care of. So that's all I've got as far as we're, we're, we've done our job on that now. And by the way, once again, every one of them, no text and drive, no drinking and driving, and watch fatigue really careful. Watch the fatigue. Turn your lights on. Turn your lights on until January the 2nd. It won't, they won't burn that many bulbs out in that period of time. All right, Jim, it's on you now. Woo-hoo. Well, woo-hoo. <laughs> All right, everybody. So, um. Uh, we're getting, it's getting close to the top of the hour and I guess, you know, Jerry, I just want everybody to have a, a good and safe holiday. I know that, that, that's, we say that over and over and over again, but folks, 
There's a lot of wrecks out there on the road. I see a lot of wrecks every day. Please don't let me see you in the wreck today or tomorrow. Gosh, please don't tomorrow. It's Christmas Day. Stay home. Don't drive. Don't make me come get you. I, I will, but it's it's much better if you just stay home and relax. And, you know, yeah, I mean, if you're going to get get into an argument, at least get into an argument at your house. It's, that's a good place to be. So I that's want everybody right. to have a, have a safe and happy holiday. I want you to, I, if you're out there today struggling to find that last-minute gift, you know, I wish you the best of luck. But remember, <laughs> this is all I got to say, the best gift is you. No, there's no, And all the worlds and all the planets and all, all the universe yep. everywhere, there's nobody, mm-hmm. there's no, oh, there's only one of you. So remember that whatever gift you think you're going to get that's going to be good, uh, there's not there's not one that can replace you. So let's that's all right. uh, let's all do our best. And uh, well, after tomorrow, we got 365 days to do it all over again. So we can reset the go. clock. <laughs> we, yeah. we can we can uh, you can plan for you got a whole year to plan, just like the just like the football guys and the and the. They they got a whole other year to plan for another season. So um. that's right. One other one other little thing on Facebook. Jim brought it up all ago. When you put your vacation on Facebook, don't put your vacation on pay, Facebook. Don't tell Facebook when you're leaving on vacation, because you're telling a lot of people when you're leaving on vacation, they'll just backtrack you, find your address, and you'll come home and you'll be empty. Don't put your Facebook posting on your vacation. Don't put it on Facebook. And if you're doing, if you're traveling and you have a little uh, uh, blog set up, that's different. But you're still letting the people know that you're not there. So, and the people following you, uh, you know, just just be careful on that. Social media is one of the biggest thefts in the country right now. So um, be careful. And we, we're running pretty much out of time. It's been fun. Uh, we'll see you next year. <laughs> Until next year, God bless. Please be careful. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. Merry Christmas, Jerry. Have a good weekend. Merry Christmas, Jimbo. All right. Talk to you later.